You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this episode of the Locked On Cavaliers podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Manning, your host and the site manager at FearTheSword.com, SB Nation's Cleveland Cavaliers site. If you aren't already, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Megaphone, or wherever else you get your podcasts. A five-star review is the best way to support the show, and you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at LockdownCavs, and you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at CWMWrites. Also, if you are interested and you want to submit mailbag questions via voicemail or just have a comment you want to share on the show, you can now leave Locked on Cavs a voicemail at 440-207-0924. That's 440-207-0924. That'll be in the show notes as well if you want to write that down later and you want to submit your mailbag questions that way. Or if you have a take about a game and you want to perhaps hear it on the show, that is the absolute best place to submit it if you want to have your voice on this podcast. Okay, the Cavs beat the Pistons on Monday night in a game where Kevin Love did not play. Blake Griffin did not play for Detroit as well. Detroit was on the second night of a back-to-back. The Cavs coming off that dreadful loss to the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. And the Cavs won 126-119. to Colin Sexton tied Austin Carr's franchise record for rookies scoring 23 points or more in six consecutive games. Jetty had another nice game. Nawaba played well. The Cavs only played with nine guys in this one, but they pulled out a win, trailed by as many as 11, but came back. We're going to get in today's show, the good, the bad, and then we'll finish looking at the player of the game, the stat of the game, and the play of the game. To start with the good, and there is a lot of good, more good than bad for this particular game. It starts with Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton is surging right now. Colin Sexton is really turning into a player that I think you can, it's, it's comfortable to feel good about him now. Um, I think you can, there are reasons to be a bit reserved about him. There are reasons if you want to be a bit concerned, I think that's fair. If you look at his assist numbers, you look at how, you know, he only had one in this game. You look at how his assist percentage is rather low. Like I, I'm comfortable if you want to go in a position where you want to kind of see if he can be better and and make some strides in that regard. And that will certainly raise the ceiling if he can do that. But right now we're seeing Colin Sexton as a scorer show real confidence and show, and he has an ability to get buckets in this league. And that's not nothing. So again, he ties Austin Carr as the one of only two Cavs rookies to score 23 points or more in six straight games. In this game, he was five of six from three, and he was the guy who carried this team. Like this is a game again without Kevin Love. This is a game without any real hub of the offense. It sort of had some bad sets and and really was relying on his shot making and his confidence and and stepping up and making big shots when they needed him to. This was Sexton making big threes. He was um, late in this game. He drove with one twenty four to go. Fed Nawab in the corner. On the which was the right play, Nawaba feeds Jetty. Jetty sticks the three. The Cavs kind of seal that win there. Again, you can look at his assist numbers. You can feel a little bit unsure about that and all. But I really think Colin Sexton has improved this year. I think this is a game that sort of shows that. Uh, Alec Bojelan, who 
like me went to Ohio University and is just a really good dude, a really good Twitter follow. Um, tweeted that like Sexton making this leap as a three-point shooter and shooting like over 50% in his last like 40 attempts or something like that is like something you would really feel good about if you thought about where he was and maybe not taking threes from the corner earlier in the year. So things to work on for him for sure. But overall, this was the Colin Sexton show. He was the star of this game without question. And there's a lot of reason, I think, to feel good about Colin Sexton right now based on how he played in in this one without Kevin Love and him really asserting himself on the offensive end. I thought Jetty House had a really good game in this one. Um, his shot selection was a bit rough at times. You know, I, I didn't like the couple instances where he went try to go ISO. We'll get more into that later on for the whole team. But Jetty had some really solid moments as well. Um, had four assists, had some good boards, and he stuck that big three late. This was sort of a, a game where he was playing lead distributor quite a bit without love. Um, you know, it wasn't something I would say he was particularly great at. I wouldn't say the offense was particularly flowy, and, and he kind of shook. He didn't, you know, make you think he's more than like a third or fourth creator on a good team necessarily in this game. But he did, pre- he did a pretty good job, and I, I thought Colin and him sort of were the leaders of this team. And when you have your two young guys, the two guys that you're most hoping are part of your rebuild, have games like this, that's a really, really positive sign. Brandon Knight is the next thing. 14, uh, 12 first, I think 14 first half points for him. Finishes the game with 16, a 7 of 13 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, had 5 assists as well. He's got a really nice floater. He kind of kept the offense chugging along a little bit when they needed to. He's got certainly an ability to get his shot off. He's comfortable taking big threes. He's comfortable taking threes that are a bit deep. Um, I Again, I think he's useful. I think he's been especially kind of important when Delhi's out. And the Cavs don't necessarily have a lot of other good guard play. So kudos to Brandon Knight for continuing, I think, to, to be a solid contributor. Um and look, they needed they needed all of this. And again, this is a night without Kevin Love. That's the the real big positive of this one is that the Cavs pulled out a win where they trailed by as many as eleven, where they were playing a, a better team than them, frankly, one of the hotter teams in the league. And the Cavs came back from eleven down, showed resilience, played lineups that will probably maybe never see the light of day again, and and came back and won. That in itself is is really really important, and I think. We'll see what happens with Love and the other guys coming back this week. Those are the big stories to watch, but I think you come out of this one feeling pretty good. Nick Stauskas had a good game in this one as well. 24 minutes for him, 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Made all 5 of 3 throws, made, played some good defense. He had one uh, play in particular where he was had to uh, slide in front of Andre Drummond and, and force a miss. That was just some solid Nick Stauskas defense. I like Nick Stauskas. He was in this game late. Interestingly, uh, he takes threes. He's confident. I, I think he's getting a little more comfortable ever since he was really pressing those first couple games. I, I'm buying. There's not like a ton of value in the Nick Stauskas stock right now, but I, I am buying what is there currently. Good David Nwaba game as well, especially on offense. I thought David Nwaba really drove the ball well. He rebounded well. Um, he he had some really solid stuff in this game where you feel good about what he can contribute on offense. Um, Nawaba didn't take any threes in this game. He did make he did miss two free throws, but he rebounded well. He had four assists. He, he's really actually comfortable more than I would have guessed based on watching him in years past, dribbling and at least um, doing a decent job of leading a fast break. He's not like lighting the world on fire in any regard in that way, but he's solid at it. 
and I like what Nawab did on the offensive offensive side of the ball in this game. Um, had a really thunderous dunk as well, and one of his better offensive games. Not quite sure what that means when it's there's no Kevin Love or, or what his role sort of is, but uh, a good David Nawaba game is nice to see, especially when it's on the offensive end. Ante Zizic just yamming on Thon Maker was pretty great. Ante ran the floor really well there. Not the best Ante game, but I like that we saw Ante Zizic absolutely dunk on, Th- on Thon Maker and use his size and, and use his ability to run the floor um, maybe a bit quicker than other centers to his advantage. So that, that was good to see from Ante. Uh, for whatever reason, the Pistons shot under fifty under sixty percent at the rim. Excuse me, which was a big reason why the Cavs were able to win this game. Kudos to the Cavs defense; it's maybe the one thing they did well. Marquise Chris, I'm gonna say something positive about Marquise Chris. He played with good energy. He had ten boards. He had a nice finish at the rim. Him and Nick Stauskas ran a really nice pick and roll together. Um, <laughs> good for those guys. Good for Marquise Chris. It wasn't his worst game, and he deserves it. for as much as I bagged on him. I think. He deserves some credit for for playing a little bit better in this one. And also to wrap up on the man of the hour, the man of this evening, Colin Sexton, he had the the best play of the night. Um, We'll get more into it later, but he threw a really beautiful bounce pass to um, Jetty Osmond on the break, two-handed bounce pass assist on a first-streaking Jetty. His only assist, you'd like to see more still, but... That assist showed that Colin can be creative as a passer and will have some of those plays sometimes. He's certainly better when he gets out in transition. We're not going to get too much into his half-court issues in this one. Um, He had a play, you know, in the second half, for instance, where he played in the pick-and-roll and messed up basically because he struggles a little bit in half-court. But when his speed is going and he gets a chance to really get out there, Colin is awesome. And when he got to feel himself on this one and trust himself and go for stuff, he was really, really great. He's the main reason why the Cavs won this game, and I think you have to come out feeling pretty good about one Colin Sexton um, out of this one. We're going to take a quick break here from Colin Sexton himself and his postgame availability here from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with more Locked on Cavaliers for this Tuesday, March 19th. Oh yeah, like dribble handoffs, they try to blow them up, stuff like that. So um, now I just have to read and react. Um, if they do something, I have to make sure that I counter it with something else. Are you, you know, I mean, you've scored over 20 points now, six consecutive games, 27 tonight. Um, are, are you at all surprised at the, at the rate that you are able to score consistently as a rookie in this league? Um, I'm not surprised just because I I put in the work. I know that it's eventually going to pay off. So I just continue to work each and every day when I'm in the gym. And my teammates, they've been they've been there through it all. They've been there from from the beginning. They've been um, coaching me up, and I, I appreciate them for that. So um, just continue to learn, continue to grow. Did you know that you can fill out a tourney bracket at DraftKings this year? That's right. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney, so you might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. 
If you're like me and you think Duke's going to do really well, or if you're a John Moran fan and think Murray State's going to make a Cinderella run, this is the place you want to be filling out your bracket. Because you know how brackets work. Before tip-off of the very first game of the tournament, just pick a winner every game, every round. And that's all there is to it. And the best part is, at DraftKings, you can play for free with the code DRIBBLE. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends to compete for bragging rights. So today, download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use code DRIBBLE to enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code DRIBBLE to enter the bracket battle for free, only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And we are back. Okay, so there you heard Colin Sexton, heard from the great folks over at DraftKings. And now we're going to get into the bad of the game. Um, I will say one thing I missed in the good part is that Colin Sexton, the three he hit to really ice this game, where he just went for it and trusted himself, was pretty freaking baller. And he deserves all the credit in the world for, for that shot. Okay, the first bad thing in this game is that the Cavs' defense remains very bad. Um, Practically, film-wise, they're losing shooters. They're giving up a lot of second chance points, etc. It's not even a surprise that the defense is so bad on a, on a night like this to me at this point. It's just more surprising that they actually won a game like this. Detroit, um, if you look at the cleaning the glass stats from this game, Detroit had an offensive rating of 126.6. That is in the 91st percentile for the year. The offensive rebounded at, in the, at the 97th percentile, 40.7% um, of with an offensive rate ranks under 40.7%. Turned the ball over a decent amount, a little more than the Cavs, which contributed to this. The Cavs were overall better on offense and had a much better free throw rate, but Detroit scored a bunch. They had one more possession. The Cavs actually took a number of more shots because of those offensive rebounds. The Cavs defense like basically costs them chances to be better in games that they, their offense is performing well enough um, for them to really kind of be competent-ish. I'm not going to say they're going to be good. And I feel like a broken record on this point at this point, but it just when you watch the Cavs and you watch this team play right now, it is their defense that is really keeping them, I think, from being consistently competent. And that that's just going to be a thing and thing until they get it. Um, if you just look at the, even the stats in for the month of March on this Monday night, as I record this, the Cavs in this month have the 11th best offense in the league. It's at 111.3. Uh, that's respectable. That That's progress. Defensively, though, they're all the way down in tw at 27th in the league. They've been as high as 25th. That is, they are the worst defense in the league for the year. So that's just a, a thing. The offense is getting better. Kevin Love has certainly helped that. The defense just really holds them back. Uh, maybe that's good for the tanking. It's not good for the overall progress of this group. If you look at the breakdown of how Detroit got its shots, According to Cleaning the Glass, um, and this really bore out, bears out in the film as well, the Pistons took 15% of their shots in the corner. That's in the 90th percentile. They made th only 33.3% of them. That could have been a lot worse for the Cavs. That's a weak spot, I think, in the Cavs' defensive scheme right now. Not maybe something they're going to address this year. I don't know exactly what they could rejigger at this point, aside from running more zone, which they did in this game, to maybe um, just bait teams into taking those wing threes, but that's a thing right now. Again, the Pistons actually only had one more possession than the Cavs, but Detroit had a higher output. They took 95 shots versus 76 shots. For the Cavs winning this game, and the way they won it late was a very thin margin of error. So kudos to them for doing it, but if they're going to be a quality team, 
they're going to need to win games like this, but also have games where they don't have to win games like this. So right now they seem to only win games where it's by a thin margin of error because they're, they're actually kind of bad. Detroit dominated the boards. Um, Detroit in this game had a 48 to 36 rebounding advantage. They specifically killed the Cavs on the offensive glass, 22 to five offensive rebounds with Andre Drummond having nine of those offensive rebounds and him really dominating Ante Zizic on the glass. That was a big problem. Uh, they were able to kind of get their second chances, even though they didn't convert them necessarily as much as you would think they might. But this isn't also a surprise either because it was Nawaba, Zizic, and Marquise Chris really having to do to do the rebound. And Marquise Chris did get 10 rebounds in this game, but Dante only got six. Nawaba got six. Jetty, who is a decent rebounder, but is, is a, certainly a little bit more frail, um, only had four boards. So just not a good rebounding team without Kevin Love, without Tristan, without Nance. You see that bearing out against a team like Detroit that has Drummond, who does, for all of his flaws and his limitations, gobbles up rebounds. Speaking of Zizic, I thought he really got bullied. So Drummond has, again, those 21 boards, nine on the offensive end. Zizic had six. Um, Zizic had that dunk. He ran the floor well. He did some nice things. But I think if you're looking at what are the sort of the things he can improve on, if he's not going to become a pick-and-pop center or something in, in that regard, Maybe he needs to bulk up. Maybe he needs to be stronger so he can use his frame a little bit more. He's never going to be fast, and he's he's certainly got he's light on his feet, and you don't want to like sacrifice that for for nothing because he can you know drop back decently effectively and and move his feet and and at least know how to move. But if he could be stronger, that would help him out as a rebounder, um, especially against the bigger centers. You know he's not going to see them all the time. But if Drummond's in your division. If he's going to spend time playing next year, boxing out Sabonis and boxing out Miles Turner and boxing out, you know, the, the guys the Bucks have and, and et cetera, et cetera, the Bulls, you know, have Markinen and Wendell Carter and all those guys, that is going to be something he's going to need to do. So his strength um, is something sort of to watch because I, I really thought he got beat up and bullied a bit by Andre Drummond in this game, not to the point where he was just getting, you know, crush but there's definitely a size disadvantage there that Ante probably needs to address in some way the offense overall very good um better than the Pistons even a very high offensive rating especially impressive considering Kevin Love is out but it got stagnant at certain points in the second half it works sometimes Sexton you know hits that that three that could have gone another way Jordan Clarkson hit some hit a tough mid-range shot this team actually took a lot of mid-range shots that could have worked out a completely different way. So uh, Jetty, you know, as we talked touched on earlier, had two really bad, poorly taken shots. Those things cannot happen. Um, when the offense gets stagnant and they go back to sort of the iso ball that we saw them play earlier in the year, this is where the team is going to falter. This is where the team is going to fail. And if you're the Cavs, you don't have Kyrie and LeBron anymore. You cannot just play that style of basketball. Um, I, I understand it leans into these guys' tendencies right now, but those have to be broken habits. They're never going to be a, a real legitimately good offense, I think, with this group of personnel playing that way. Just not going to work. Ball movement, pick and rolls, um, team-oriented offense is really going to be the thing that helps this team actually grow, not iso ball that results in Jordan Clarkson mid-range shots. Lastly, 40% of the mid-range, uh, the Cavs took 40% of their shots in the mid-range, according to Cleaning the Glass. It worked for them. They made them at a pretty good clip, but that's a tough way to win. 
kind of lucky over of the course of the whole season with the data for that to really work out in this one. So again, a thin margin of error for the Cavs, a very fun game, a game I quite enjoyed watching. Um, I think the crowd and the players seem to really like it as well, but a thin margin of error for them. We're going to take a quick break here from another sponsor or two, and you're going to hear from Nick Stauskas talking about how he finds his rhythm and then uh, what he has to say about Colin Sexton. So stay tuned for that and more of this episode of Locked on Cavaliers. to catch a rhythm when you're you're trying to get more consistent minutes and understand the situation but you earn those minutes and then to find it tonight yes yeah, sometimes it's you know sometimes you come into the game and you know you're so focused on making shots or scoring and sometimes it's just as easy as um you know just throwing yourself in the game and just trying to make any kind of play whether it's you know defensive play or a rebound or a steal and you know those are easy ways to get yourself going without you know having to see a shot go down uh, which can sometimes be tough if you're not in rhythm so um, you know, I just think for everyone on this team, just that overall game and, you know, just playing together on the defensive end, rebounding, running the floor hard, you know, communicating. Those are all easy things you can do to get yourself involved in the game and, and find a rhythm. Be curious to get your thoughts on what you've seen from Colin in the short yeah. time as a teammate, but he continues to grow, doesn't he? Yeah, no, it's um, even just from, you know, from the outside, you know, playing with Portland at the beginning of the season and just, you know, being a fan of the NBA and, and watching other games, you know, I definitely didn't see him playing at this level uh, towards the start of the season, but man, like these last two weeks, it's really been fun to, to see his growth and his, and his confidence too, like even down the stretch today, like that last three, yeah. he had just, you know, shows the confidence that that kid has and um, you know, another thing too, obviously everyone knows, like, but he, he's fast, man. That, that kid is so fast. So it's fun to watch him go, uh, you know, coast to coast sometimes. And, you know, I don't know how many other guys in the league are, are that fast going from end to end. You know, maybe Darren Fox and, and a couple other guys, but uh, it's, it's really been fun to watch him grow every single night. Today's episode of Lockdown Cavaliers is brought to you by my bookie. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling on a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all of the above, MyBookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a number 16 seed last year? Can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, and even if you don't, MyBookie is a place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, the multiple bracket guy or girl. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is that they pay out fast when you win. I'm saying 48 hours, you're getting paid. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash. Deposit with MyBookie today with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. And we are back. Thanks again to my bookie for sponsoring today's show as well. Okay, we'll wrap it up quickly on player of the game, play of the game, stat of the game. Player of the game is obviously Colin Sexton. That goes sort of without being said. He was sensational in this one, the star of the night, hit all the big shots, made all these big plays. You have to come away feeling really impressed by what Colin Sexton did in this game. I get wanting to analyze the big picture. I tweeted out things that I will that I think he really needs to to improve on in the next year if he's going to make a leap 
this game shows that there is something really, I think, to work with with Colin, and there's reason, I think, to be excited about what he kind of provides and the, the potential he has to at least be a, a maybe a decent scorer in this league. Uh, the play of the game, you know, I think you could go to his big three late. I think you could go to the excellent two-handed bounce pass. He threw to Jetty Osmond in this one as well. Uh, Shout-out to the Marquis Chris Nick Stasks pick and roll that worked in the third quarter as well. But I'm actually going to give this to uh, this Colin Sexton steal at the 914 mark of the first quarter. He played some in, sort of intense defense in this one, not like full-on Sexton challenge defense, but he slightly pushed up against Reggie Jackson when the Pistons tried to screen him for a pick and roll on a night where Reggie Jackson, at least early, did have some success kind of not having Sexton get up in his grill very much and hitting some long threes. Sexton uh, gets the steal. He uses his speed to go from uh, just north of the the one three-point line all the way to the rim, gets an easy basket with his left hand. Just really liked what he did there. And more of that from Sexton would really kind of maybe potentially increase that upside for him and increase the the potential for him to to be um, something of a defensive useful player he's still you know rates out very badly in defensive rpm i think the film shows there's a long way to go on that end of the floor but there's some potential for him to be um, a disruptor even if it involves gambling and and taking some chances and picking up some ticky tacky fouls maybe that's the path of him being an impactful defender in this league if he's not going to be you know your traditional mike conley george hill prime george hill ricky rubio type where he's really smart um, he's maybe more of a disruptor, and that that could be how we can make an impact on that end of the floor. And lastly, the stat of the game: the Cavs had a 135.5 offensive rating. The Cavs shot also in this one a wildly good 50% from three. That offensive rating without Kevin Love, with without you know the the guys that actually know how to set screens on this team and help run a pick and roll with you know not always the most shooting on the floor all of these concerns that's really impressive detroit you know didn't have blake played last night all of that but this is just an impressive offensive performance from the Cavs. they came back from 11 down put on again that offensive performance without kevin Love with colin sexton and jetty leading the way with the ball movement coming up when it mattered that's just some good work and they should feel i think good about this if you're a fan if you're just following the team hoping they do well I think you have to come out of this one feeling good about it. So again, they win 126 to 119. I think you should feel pretty good about this. It was an overall fun game. They win a game without Kevin Love. They're back Wednesday against Milwaukee. We'll see what happens there with some of the injury availabilities. Um, Kevin, Nance, and Thompson all seem like they could play that game. That will present some interesting questions for Lear Drew, and we'll certainly get onto it um, on the show. But that is going to be it for today's show. We're going to be back tomorrow talking about Cavs Bucks, actually, with Ty Windish, the host of the Eurostep podcast and a reporter covering the Bucks and the Herd of the G League affiliate, talking all about that game. And then I'll give you something positive about the Cavs in this week's Positive Wednesday segment. If you have questions, you are answered in the next mailbag. As always, submit those to at LockedOnCavs on Twitter, LockedOnCavs at gmail.com, or as I mentioned um, at the top of the show, our new voicemail box. That's 440-207-0924 to drop your questions in and have them answered. Or if you have a take after a game, I may slip it in instead of a player audio if you want to submit those there. Again, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts does guarantee that your question gets answered. All you got to do is drop that review in there, send a screenshot of it to lockoncavs at gmail.com or tweet me it or whatever, and 
um, I'll make sure your question gets answered because I really do appreciate everyone who goes there and leaves us those positive reviews. Appreciate the negative ones too, but I really appreciate those five-star ones. At Fear the Sword, uh, be sure to check out all of the draft content. Trevor Magnani, our draft guru, has coming down the board. Check out what we have going up in the two-for-one with David Zavok writing three positive things about Cavs Pistons. Um, and check out Jackson Flickinger's Things We Learned This Week column that went up on the 18th. Uh, you can check out some of those right on the homepage right now at fortheSword.com. So thank you so much for listening. I am Chris Manning. Find me on Twitter and Facebook at CWMWrites. Be back tomorrow with again with Ty Windish talking Cavs Bucks and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. Cavs beat the Pistons. It was a really fun one and a fun night for Colin Sexton. Have a great Tuesday.